Welcome to the Cowie Baptist Church podcast. To learn more about Cowie, including in our gathering times, visit us online at cowie.church. Enjoy the message. Amen and amen. What a great and mighty God that we serve. So grateful for the finished work of the cross and so grateful that it is not because of our good, but because of his, that we gather as the people of God and that we have access uh, through the shed blood of Christ to the very throne room of heaven, that we can come and uh, share our needs and our, 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 our praises to him. And we are so grateful for all that he has done. If you are a guest with us this morning, we're uh, so glad that you are here and we are uh, thankful uh, just for your presence, a great group that is also joining us online this morning. And we've got a, a special day. We're going to get right to it uh, this morning. But we have a, a special guest. If, if you're a guest and you've been uh, traveling any further than San Pedro Sula, Honduras to get here, uh, if you'll raise your hand. All right. Well, yeah. So Carla wins, right? So, uh, but, but we're excited. We have um, uh, Carla with us this morning, and we're going to uh, ask her a few questions about uh, just uh, her story and how the Lord is working in a place where uh, we have been so blessed to be able to go and serve uh, on mission and really just to be encouraged and to see just a beautiful community that's being transformed by the love of God, uh, a people who are being changed from the inside out and, and, and to see uh, God working and just to be part of it has been uh, just an incredible joy uh, to me and, and to all of our our team, and so we're excited about that. Uh, we're, we're in this series where we're talking about how we grow, and one of the things that we have talked about is that we grow as we, uh, as, as we really uh, look at these four areas. We, we grow as a church, and we grow as individuals as we gather and, and, and we worship. We see the early church uh, gathering, and, and I want to remind you that, uh, that the church was birthed for the mission of God, and, and so we're going to talk about that some today, but, uh, but as we gather and as we uh, connect in smaller communities, as we engage in, in groups, and as we uh, give of our time, our treasures, our talents, as we give of ourselves, uh, and we go, we see the gospel go forth, and we see more people gathering and growing, and, and we see this just beautiful work that God does. And so we're excited to talk about some of that today. We're going to look at a, a very familiar passage of Scripture. Uh, if you'll take your copy of God's Word and turn to Matthew chapter 28, uh, we couldn't be reminded of this enough. Uh, these are the marching orders to the church. This, if you wonder, like, why are we here yeah, this is it, right? And so if you uh, take your copy of God's Word, turn to Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 28. Uh, we're going to read verse 18 through 20. We're going to jump in uh, this morning. So uh, as you are able, if you'll stand with me in honor of the reading of the Word of God uh, this morning. And we'll have that on the screen uh, as well. But you'll see beginning in verse 18. The Scripture says this, And Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority. And I want you to watch the alls as we walk through this. But this is all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Father, we are grateful. 
Lord, for your word. God, we're grateful to get to be part of the work that you are doing uh, in this community, uh, God, and around the world. And God, we are so reminded of your activity all around, Lord, and we are so thankful, uh, Lord, to be part of your family. And I'm reminded this morning, God, if you've called us to salvation, Lord, every believer in this room has been called to make disciples, Lord, that we've been called to be part of the mission. And so, Lord, I pray that through the stories that we may hear today, through, uh, through the word of God that we will look at, Lord, that the Spirit of God might take our hearts. And, Lord, you might give us a passion to make disciples until the end of the age. Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, we, we hear those verses and we read those verses and uh, the word that normally sticks out to us sometimes in those verses is the word go. And when you are, if you're following along in uh, either the church app or you picked up a, a bulletin on the way in, you'll see some sermon notes. And uh, in the very first blank, right, the very first thing you would fill in there uh, is this call to go. Uh, but right below it, I want you to write the words make disciples. And, uh, you know, one of the things I never thought I would be into when I was in school, uh, I, I, I liked English less than most of the other things I didn't like in school, right? But, uh, but, but when we began to look at language and we begin to look at the way things are made up and we begin to, uh, to really look at these verses and we look at those in the original language and we look at those in the Greek, what we understand is that the, the, uh, the imperative, right, the command in this uh, set of verses is to make disciples. And what we see around that now, this word go, we obviously, and when we talk about where we go, we see that we're to go uh, and that we're to make disciples of all nations, right? And so there's this call uh, for us to make disciples uh, all around, like wherever we are at. Uh, some people would, would say a, a better translation of, of the word go would be this thought of as you are going. Uh, in the Greek, it's in the passive tense. And so what we see in that is instead of the subject doing the action, the subject is being acted upon. And so as we follow Jesus Christ and as we walk in his ways, as we uh, trust in him and he directs our path in the places that God has you, in the, in, in the, the city that God has placed you, and in the community that you're in, in the workplace that you're in and in the school that you're in and in the family that you're in and in the, in the restaurant that you'll be going in in all of those places whether it's in uh, places of triumph or, or places of trial whether it's in the midst of a cancer diagnosis or in the midst uh, of a time where you're on the mountain the people that are around you and the places that you go there's this picture that as you are going and as you are walking and following Jesus Christ that you have a command that we have a a command to make disciples and if you look at this passage you see uh, that, that that is modified that there's two ways uh, that Jesus is going to give us so as we go and we make disciples of all nations we see that those things happen in two ways number one uh, you see this call to be baptizing and so we see this call uh, for evangelism we see this call uh, to engage and share the good news of the gospel but we also see uh, that not only is there baptizing that there is teaching and Jesus would say to teach them to observe all that I have commanded you, right? So we have all authority. Uh, we understand that we're to go to all nations. And we understand uh, that, that we are to baptize and teach all these things that Jesus has commanded. And so the command is that we would go make disciples. And we are called uh, to that. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are uh, commanded, right, to, to, to make disciples. And you are part of the work when you do that that God is doing 
uh, in our midst. We have the blessing, as I shared, to be uh, in San Pedro Sula, Honduras, and we've seen uh, just an incredible work that God is doing there. We've been challenged uh, by the teams that are there, and what we've seen in their lives is they are sharing life. The early church, what we saw in, in the early church was that they shared life together, and they shared in the mission of Christ, and through this shared life and the mission of Christ, we see uh, just communities transformed. We see lives changed, and that's what they're seeing uh, there. I'm going to invite Pastor Chris and Miss Carla to come, and uh, we're going to just talk to her a little bit about what the Lord is doing there. You're going to be encouraged. She is uh, uh, really, uh, you know, just in the power of, of God working in her life, she uh, is, is a world changer. I mean, she, she is one of these people that just engages in the mission of God. And when you're around her, you're encouraged, uh, you're, you're challenged, and, and I believe we'll all be challenged uh, this morning. So, Carla, thank you so much for coming all the way from San Pedro. Uh, she, was, um, she left this morning early. <laughs> she was visiting some, some family in, in the States, and we had the, the incredible opportunity to just have her come and hang out with us uh, for a bit. She's been uh, staying here with, uh, with Pastor Chris. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How old are you? Uh, a little bit about what you do at, at Sparrow. Um. Yes. Okay, so my name is Carla. I'm 22 years old. I work for Sparrow, that's an organization in Honduras, San Pedro Sula. Um, I'm a kindergarten teacher and I teach the kids um, at, like, at kinder and I do kids ministry that we teach them about the Bible. And I do that at Corosa and I do it at Rancho as well. And um, I'm part of the core leaders in my organization. Awesome. Now, uh, Carla, when, when I'm in Honduras, uh, usually I'm, I'm experiencing some, some new weather to me. Um, how, do you, how do you like the weather here compared to a home there? I don't. <laughs> I don't like this weather. Well, it's okay with me now, but I don't like it at all because uh, where I live, it's really hot, so it's really cold for me here. You should try it without hair. It's a whole different <laughs> game. What's it been like? I know you've been staying with, with Pastor Chris and Lindsay and their family. Tell me a little bit about what, what that's been like, how, how that's gone. It's been good. It's been good. I like it a lot. Um, something that I was um, saying uh, before, it's like I love how they spend time like pouring into their kids God's word. Like That's awesome. It's like um, it's something that I want to go back and do with my family when I go back to Honduras. And it's really awesome to see it in their family now. I paid her to say that. <laughs> no, we're, we're encouraged by, by Carla and the time that we got, we get to spend. Um, Lindsay met Carla on our first mission trip there, and um, Lindsay used to be a kindergarten teacher, so they hit it off and got to connect. And then um, I think it was our second mission trip, uh, Carla said, hey, if you want to speak Spanish, um, I'll, I'll help teach you. I guess she saw the need because every time I'd go over there, they all thought I spoke Spanish, and <clears throat> and I didn't. So she's trying to help me out. So, um, but no, we we've got to know her uh, for the last year, and we would meet through Zoom uh, once a week and get to to. Um, she would try to teach us. We were maybe her hardest class. Uh, I think no, she, <laughs> the kindergarten teacher or the kindergarten nurse probably probably did better than we did. But but no, got to hear her heart and 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 learn a lot from her and be encouraged and. 
But this trip, um, getting to host her at home, one of the um, blessings we, we got to experience was hearing her testimony. Um, I never heard it, um, and we, act, we got to ask her. We're usually sharing our testimonies and get, get to hear some, but would love, uh, would love for you to share your testimony. Um, I believe it's a blessing and encouragement to all who hear it, so if yeah, she would okay. share. Yes, of course. Okay, so um, I grew up in a Christian family, so I was around a lot of like my family will always say like you are enough you're good you can do it you're smart so when i came to school um when i was in first grade um the teacher that i was with um told my mom like i think she's not going to be able to do two languages because i have problems with dyslexia and i have ADHD. so they say like she cannot go through like two languages at the same time because she will be like, um, it will be too much for her. So, so in Honduras, like you have a bilingual school where you can have Spanish and English and you can have just Spanish. So they told my mom like put her in a Spanish um, school and that'll be like better for her because it's not gonna be too hard. Because it was really hard for me in school and I was in obedience so it was harder. <laughs> but um, while I was um, going like through the school, so teachers, um, at my school, like I was in first grade and I was moving to second grade and teachers will tell like my second grade um, teacher, it's like, she's not good and like she can do, like she cannot do it, like she's not smart enough. And they will tell like, and I, so I have to say, it's not like in the States that you change of schools, like we stay in the same school through our whole life, like from first grade until 12th grade. So it was like really hard for me because um, teachers will always like move around and tell like, she's not smart or they will tell me like really mean stuff. And um, in that moment, I was like wondering myself why um, these people were being so mean to me if they were supposed to be Christians, like they were not showing me God. Like where was God in that moment? So. I started like wondering myself, like, why these people that are called Christians are not showing God's love? But when I go back to my home, my, my parents will say like, you're good, you're smart, and they will change that mindset. But when I came to sixth grade, I remember a teacher, like I was standing up in front of my classroom and, and she started telling me like really mean stuff. And I was like, like, um, I can't believe it, like, why, why this is happening to me. And I started, like, wondering who was God and why he was allowing me to leave these. So I moved to seventh grade. I think I was 15. I don't remember. I think it was in eighth grade. But um, I started, like, um, hurting myself, like, cutting myself and just, like, um, making um, stuff to take my life away. And so I was going through that. And I came to Sparrow, where I work now, um, as a translator when I was 15. So I came to Sparrow, and this girl was telling her testimony, and, and she was, and I can relate with her, like, she was telling what I was living in the moment. And I was like, why she could go, like, through it, and I can't, so. I started like wondering myself, like in my mind, I was like, what, what is happening? And I was translating for her, so I heard her whole sto story, because sometimes when you're just listening, sometimes you skip parts, but I did heard like her whole sto story, and it was really related to mine. So in that moment, I remember going back to home, and I was ready like to take my life away. I was ready to do it, and I remember that same day I was in my room, 
my sister went inside and she shared this verse to me that it's in Psalms 139.14 that it says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And that like changed my life. It was like, hey, I'm being loved and I'm being valued for the biggest person ever. So there's when I accepted Christ as my own savior and that's it. I'm here. It's been awesome to just hear your story and uh, hear a little bit about how God is, is working uh, in Honduras. How, t- tell us about how you're seeing God working uh, in, in your hometown. And... It's, it's, it's great. It's great. So the community that I work for, um, it's a community that it's really pro- poor. Like they, a lot of them like don't have the ability to go and rent a place because they don't have the money to it. So they leave like um, in the borders of a river and their houses are not well made. So we work for that community. I teach in that community. Um, and it changed a lot. Like at the beginning when we just started, like when Justin started, the, like who started going there, he started with kids class and and women's discipleship and young boys discipleship and when he just started it was what it was normal for us to see it was like parents stay at home um they don't go to work like their mind was like their mind was just like i don't work for the world so i'm just going to stay here and and do whatever and so um there will be like always like sitting in the streets or kids they wouldn't go to school it was not something normal to do um and now like god has changed that mind of like just like every morning when i walk to go and teach my kids every morning i can see all of the parents like going to work looking for something better to do um and the kids all of the kids are going to school now cuz Thanks God, we could open a school for them. So it's just awesome to see how it changed and how God has changed that mindset of poverty, I think. That's awesome. You're, you're part of a, a leadership team uh, with Sparrow, an incredible group of, of young leaders that um, are, are just being, you know, uh, transformed by the gospel and, and engaging uh, now in, in the community there. Uh, tell us a little bit about how God's worked in the lives of, of this group. It's really awesome. So um, Chris came, um, I think, 12 years ago. He came um, to the community, and he started doing um, boy youth group. And it's really awesome because he got saved the same way I was saved. Like, he got saved while he was translating for, like, the teams of Sparrow. So he came up, and he became a leader for the, for the, for the boys, um, that were like their life before now they were like maybe alcohol, drugs, um, they will beg in the streets, they will steal, and they will do a lot of bad stuff. Like all of their life was, um, I can say, a mess. But when Chris came, when, well, when God came to their life, it just 
how it changes a lot. It changed a lot. Like now there's two of them that are pastors. It's, there's one of them that he's a missionary in one of our communities. Um, there's the other one, he's part of the multimedia of our organization. So it, been, it, it has changed a lot. Like one of them is a teacher at the school. So it's really cool just to see how from that community where anyone could talk, will think, that something good would come out, it did. It's it's awesome. It's one of the, there's one of them that's gonna become a nurse. So it's just like really awesome to see it because they were not used to that. So if they graduate from college, that's like that's a big deal because we were not used to see that before. That's great. Thank thank you. And it sounds like like discipleship's at the heart, the core of of what God is doing, what what He's done in in so many lives, and and it sounds like. You guys are continuing to to be discipled, but then also disciple others. Mm. And we've been encouraged by some of the stories that you've shared. But maybe give us a look of what does discipleship look like um, for for your crew, for for uh, Sparrow, and and others that that you guys are interacting with, and how is that transforming and shaping um, just the culture and the leadership? Um, and how are you continuing to see that go forward? Yeah. Well, how we can say discipleship, it's like it's Jesus' model, like what he did with his disciples. He went and lived life with them. Like he didn't expect, um, like he didn't expect just telling them about what he was doing, but he went and lived life with his disciples. So that's what we try to do um, our, in our community, like living life with the people we want to disciple. And I'll give you a, an example of, uh, of a person I just um, discipled. And it's really awesome how her life changed just by living life with her. So she's part of um, like an orphanage place. Um, so when you're 18 and you live in an orphanage, you have to leave the orphanage and they like, they tell you like go and leave life and go and like you have to go out of of the orphanage so uh, a person made this make this yeah make this house for the people that are out of the orphanage so a friend of my sister um, told us like you want to come and join us i know like a lot of them are not christians they're going through a lot of stuff and you can come and like just um be with them and do friends and everything. So I went to that place that they're like, I think seven of them leaving. And um, one of, well, two of them got really close to me that their names are David and Verda. So I started bringing Verda to live life with me. And like, I'll bring her to kids class. Um, I'll bring her to kinder class. And I'll, I'll do stuff with her, like I'll go to a salon and, and just spend time with her so she can see different. Cause, so Berta, um, she went through a lot of things like while she was, um, she, went, she was in an orphanage, that's something like really big. So, um, but when she went out of the orphanage, she started like drinking and finding um, her value and stuff she didn't need to. But, so she she started doing all of this bad stuff. So every people that will come to her trying to help her will just be like telling her bad stuff and and like you need to change, you need to to do something different and and it was really hard for her. Like she was believing that to herself. Like I don't work for the world or I I don't have a value here and and she told me like it was really hard for her stuff. So, 
what she will do when someone visit, um, she will like close the door and say like, I'm not here, um, I don't wanna let you in. And like people will go and knock to her door and she'll say like, no, I'm not here, I don't wanna get inside. And so, but when I came, she was so different. Like she opened her door, she led me inside of her room and it was like really, um, cool for me to see that. So I started like living life with her and just spending a lot of time with her. So she was she was going to move um, from Honduras to Guatemala to be a missionary. Um, and she wasn't a believer in that moment. So um, she was going to go there because um, like the people that runs the organization wanted her to see something different because she was always around people that will tell her like, let's go and do drugs, let's go and, and drink and, and stuff like this, that they will bring her to bad stuff. So she was leaving and we had a meeting like to tell her goodbye and, and, and like to encourage her to go and stuff. And I remember sitting in a chair and just listening all of the people like talk good about her because she's really good. So everyone was like talking about her and I was, um, I just felt the Holy Spirit like, Carla, it's the moment you need to talk her about God. Like you need to encourage her to accept God as own savior. And I was like, I don't think so. I don't think she'll say yes. And I was like, in my mind, I was like wondering and telling myself, like, I, I think I'm not able to do this yet. And just a lot of things like going in my mind. So I went to a couch and sit down. I was like, God, if Berta comes and sit beside me, I'll talk to her about Jesus. And I was like, well, maybe she's not going to come. And I was like, I don't want her to come. Berta, stay far from me. And, and I was like, but yeah, she sat down. And she sat down, and I was like, well, it's the time. And I just started um, pouring into her all of the good stuff that I have seen through the time that she was with me and telling her that she was good enough, that her value was big, and that um, that she was that she was enough. So, and I told her about like, the only thing you have to do is like accept Christ as your own savior and you're invited to be part of her family. And I started to telling her, like I started telling her this and a lot of stuff. And then she was like, well, it's okay. So then um, we prayed together and she accepted Christ as her own savior that day. And it's been life changing. It's like, it's so cool just to see how God can change a life of a person and how you can do it, like how you can pour into people, like telling them good stuff, not what they're doing wrong. And it's awesome. And that's how discipleship looks like. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Caroline. Tell us how we can be praying for, um, for you, for uh, Sparrow. Oh, yeah. You can be praying just um, that we can have always like a pure heart. We can have, we can be humble. Because um, something that I always say, like, it's just God doing it through us. It's not us. It's just God doing it. It's like, I'm just his tool. I don't need to be nothing else. It's just like letting um, people know that it's just God doing it through us and always stay there like always stay in the word of God it's something that it's really important because if you stay in the word of God you're going to pour into people the word of God and you're going to show them his love so I think that's, yeah, that's awesome. amen thank you we we definitely be um we'll be praying uh for you and your team um, I think you had some pictures of some of your core leaders and 
some of those that are that are up there, and it's um, kind of some some faces and names that you can you can see up there. Carla and um, Chris Lopez in the in the very back in the middle. Yeah, and, he's the uh, one who started. Every, like he started discipling all of us. All of those, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's 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 awesome. Then you had some some leaders that would take you through because weekly, you would meet, um, you would be discipled, and and have core leaders mm-hmm. and everyone continuing to share and. Um, and it's an it's an encouragement when we get there, and I see William um, in Kapan who who, who works. Uh, he's part of that leadership, but now he's in Kapan, and he's a missionary there. Missionary, that's that's awesome. It's so encouraged. Our our, our students on Wednesday nights, we get to, to sponsor two children. Um, we take up an offering every Wednesday night that goes towards um, two students that are part of of Sparrow um, in in the missions and. I think it's important uh, for them to, to, to give back, um, to, to uh, just be part of the giving and the support. And so we, we sponsor two children, Eric and Cynthia. Um, and I know um, that there's many others that, that are being um, discipled and poured into. And Juan was, was one that we got to meet on the first mission trip. And we're just encouraged by Carla saying that now he's going, he's studying to, to be a chiropractor, but also he's, he's getting in... Um, just, just equipped to, to start preaching and teaching and, and yes. being a leader. And it's a beautiful picture of, of just the different levels of discipleship. Um, and we're just encouraged. And, you know, we're, we're, we're challenged as we go. And, and one of the hearts behind going was to take as many of our students to, to see what, what God is doing. And, and you hear Carla's testimony at 15, being a leader, being a translator, and then moving into to leading uh, children's ministry and that's our hope and that's our desire that our students would be equipped. Uh, we have 30 going in April, um, 30 in our group, and I think it's like 15 first time, half of them it's first time going on mission or going to, to serve at Sparrow, and, um, and it's our heart's desire to see, um, to see them uh, and challenge them and say, hey, we, you, you can see young um, leaders and missionaries, you see them doing it and leading ministries and, and um, taking on leadership roles, and, and that's what our desire is to see our, our students um, and to see all of our, our mission team continuing to be challenged, to be encouraged what, what God is doing, to be encouraged by testimonies like Carla, um, and, and, and just to be on mission in, in a beautiful way. And, and so um, we also ask uh, for all of you to be part of that. I know not everyone will be going, but um, you can go with, with uh, supplies. Uh, we, we help. They have 230 students. Is that mm-hmm. right? 12 classrooms, 230 students that go, um, they receive the gospel, they receive food um, uh, with the school, they, they receive an education and an opportunity to, to grow, um, to break the, the cycle and break free from the cycle of poverty. Um, Carla will be part of maybe some of the first graduates, if not the first graduate, graduating mm-hmm. college. So we're seeing them, you know, I think at first was like sixth grade was the cap, and then you said yeah. they continue to add and... Yes, now it's college. Now it's college, and it's just a beautiful part. And, um, you know, uh, our students um, will be taking, I think it's, it's 16 of them, and then 15 are first time going. And um, the trip cost, you know, I think it's $1,900. We've had people asking, how, how can we go? How can we help? And so whether it's supplies or whether it's sponsoring a student to go, um, or most importantly, prayer, um, pouring into the, and encouraging those, encouraging the students on the team, uh, and praying for, for what um, God is already doing there. But um, we couldn't do it without y'all. We wouldn't want to do it without y'all. Um, and we're just grateful to have this opportunity because now 
we've met a sister in Christ uh, who's, who's close as family mm-hmm. and just encouraged um, and, and to just be able to do life and continue to talk uh, to William and, and Foyte and others that are there. And just um, it really is just an encouraging time. And we're grateful for Carla. We're grateful for what the Lord is doing in and through your life. We're grateful for a church that, that sends us and sends those on mission and praise and, su- and support for us. But um, it's been a beautiful time, and we're grateful for your time. Thank you, Carla. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carla. Let's give it. It's a joy to 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 be part of um, just some of their lives and to get to see how God uh, has taken some uh, some young people right out of the midst of the Bordeaux's and uh, that they've come to faith in Christ and and been discipled and now. Uh, are pastoring and, and teaching and uh, just an incredible work that God is is doing. And as we think about just the way that ministry is taking place there, as they just share life together, I want to challenge you with uh, with just a few things as we close today. And I'm going to make a couple of statements, and these um, are, are on your handouts. But uh, before I, I really knew anything Carla was going to share or kind of her story, um, I, I had prepared these, and it, it fits really well with, with where we're at. But this, the, the first statement is this, that the Great Commission compels us to go to our neighborhoods and nations, reaching across the street and the globe. So sometimes we think about where do we make disciples? Where do, what does that look like? Uh, again, it, it's, it's right here, and it's to the ends of the earth, right? That there's a, a, a reality that there are people that have never heard the good news of the gospel that are in our community and also in San Pedro, uh, Sula, Honduras, and, and to the uttermost parts of the earth, right? And so we are, are challenged and, and compelled uh, to go. Uh, the Great Commission, the second thing, compels us to invest our time wisely, to walk alongside people, to help them follow Jesus, be changed by Jesus, and be on mission with Jesus. And, and we like to say that the life of a Jesus follower is all about relationships and when we look at the life of Christ and we see his life, he invested his time. Uh, he, he spent time with his father. He spent time with his disciples. And he spent time uh, with people that were far from God, people that did not know Jesus at all. And, and when we think about our lives, we are called uh, and compelled, right, to engage and use our time wisely. So what do we do uh, as we go? What do we do? The first thing we do is we declare the gospel, right? We understand uh, that as we go, we build relationships. And so I encourage you to think about uh, people that you're around, people that you can begin to get to know, people that you can, uh, you know, Carla, when she shared with us about Berta, she said that when she first uh, went into the, the home where these ladies were there, that uh, she began to look and pray that God would, would reveal to her someone that she could personally uh, just invest in and spend time with. And, and the Lord uh, placed Berta on her heart, and we've just seen uh, God at work in an in incredible way through that uh, story. And so we declare the gospel, right, the, uh, this announcement that, uh, that Jesus, right, the Son of God, uh, died and rose again and now calls for repentance of sin and, and faith alone in him for salvation, that, that he is 
come and lived a, a sinless life, right? Dying in our place on a cross, dying a death that we deserved, and that if we would look to the cross, if we would look to Jesus and believe and trust that the work that he did on that cross, that it is all sufficient. You know, we've sung uh, about that all sufficient merit, that it is not our own, that it is not our works, not anything that we've done, but because of what he has done, if we will look and believe and trust in him, that we uh, could, could be saved, that we could be forgiven, and that we could experience life. So we declare the gospel. Number two, we depend on the spirit. Uh, we understand that uh, God is at work, and so we declare the gospel. We depend on the Holy Spirit to do uh, the work. And then when people come to faith in Christ, we disciple toward maturity. Uh, in our culture, many times we consider um, when someone, and we're, we celebrate when a person repents of their sin and places their faith in Christ and they are born again into the family of God. We celebrate conversions, but I want you to understand the call is to make disciples. It didn't, uh, Jesus didn't say, hey, just make converts. He said, make disciples. And it begins uh, with, the, with this evangelism, with baptizing, uh, but it continues on into teaching and training and uh, allowing uh, God's word to be taught uh, to them. So we disciple toward maturity. I want to ask you a question as we uh, kind of come toward closing today uh, what would you do and what would you do with if if we gave you and we're not by the way um, just to, to kind of help but if we give you uh, $86,400 and you are to spend it in whatever way uh, that, that you can but but here's the thing you've got $86,400 and you have to spend it today or it goes away what are you going to do with it? I want you to think about that just a second. What do you do with it, right? You have to spend it today or it's going to go away. Some of you are thinking, like, depending on your age, you're like, I'm going to pay off my house. I'm going to do something. Maybe you've heard uh, and you're like, hey, I'm going, to, I'm going to, you know, give toward missions. I'm going to do all these things. Um, you may have those kind of things in your mind. But here's what I want you to, to hear today. You've been given 86,400 seconds every day. And the question is, what are you going to do with them? See, the, the thing that I'm challenged by, because sometimes it's easy to give. It's easy to, in reality, it's easy to go for a week and be on mission in Honduras and, and focus in there and lean in there. But it's tough to say, you know what, I'm going to surrender all of my life, all of my time, all the things. Like Jesus is going to be my life. And wherever I am and whatever I'm doing, it's all going to be centered on him. And, and, and my life will be on mission for the glory of his name. Because here's the thing. You've been given 86,400 seconds every single day. And what you do not spend will be gone forever. And ultimately, we spend it somewhere, right? C.T. Studd said uh, that only one life will soon be passed. And only what's done for Christ will last and I just wonder you know I'm challenged as I hear the testimonies and as I spend time with that core leadership team in, in Honduras and you know I, I wonder who, who is your person and I encourage you you can fill these out on the bulletin or in the amp but I want you to think about that who is your person who's your one sometimes we like to say who is somebody that is like a Berta that you say, God, I'm gonna, I want to spend time with that person. I want to build a relationship with that person so that I can share the good news of the gospel.
with them. Who, who is that person? If you don't have a person, I want you to pray that God would, would, would put someone on your heart and that you would just, who is that person? Where's your, where's your place, right? What would it be like if every one of us said, you know, the, the stores that I go in, the, the school that I'm in, the classes that I'm in, the, the workplace that I'm in, what if every one of us said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to embrace this as a place that God has me so that the gospel could go forth, so that the love of Christ could be displayed? Where is your place? Instead of getting on your phone and trying to avoid people when you go into some store, what would it look like if you said, hey, I'm going to embrace, I'm going to have some margin, and I'm going to learn the people that work there's names, I'm going to learn who they are, I'm going to build a relationship with them, I'm going to spend time with them, I'm going to encourage them. And what's your platform? Where's God gifted you? Some of you are athletes. Some of you have, have businesses. Where's your platform? Where has God placed you that you could use uh, for the gospel? Where are, those, where are those things? Where are those places? Where are those? What is that platform? Who are those people? Some of those questions may be easy to answer. Some of them may be something you pray and think on, but you've got a certain amount of those 86,000 so many seconds today, right? And I pray that you'd use them and that some of that time would be praying and saying, God, where, where do you want me to engage? And, and it's really as we're going, wherever we are. And as God directs, it may be neighborhoods and nations. Maybe that some of you are called to, uh, to go on a long-term. Some of you may be called to be missionaries around this world. There may be some of you that are young people that, are, that God's calling you to spend a gap year on mission for the glory of God to say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give myself to the, to the mission of Christ. And, and we want you ultimately to follow the Spirit's leading in your life. But every one of us is called to make disciples and to go and wherever we are uh, to engage in the mission of Christ. And we want to challenge you really this morning is, is about surrender. There may be some of you that, that, that are being called into ministry. There may be things that, that God is speaking to you about. And we, we want to just live with open hands. And God, whatever you want to do in my life, God, that's my life is yours. Now tell me what you want me to do. You know, as I thought about those three questions, who's your person? What's your place? All right, where's your place? What's your platform? The thing that, stirs my heart even more is this question that maybe the Holy Spirit just kind of penetrated my heart with, and it's this, where is your passion? Because you can look at what you're doing with those 86,400 seconds every day. You can look at where you're giving, where you're going, what are you doing, and it'll reveal what that is. Where's your passion? And it's think about Carla and some of those young folks that have come off the Bordeaux and encountered Christ and now are on mission for the glory of his name. I'm reminded that there are none of you too young to be used by God. Not one of you in this room is too young to be used by God. I'm reminded that God takes broken pieces and he makes masterpieces. And I'm going to tell you, when you hear the stories of all those leaders on that screen, they're the most unlikely people that you would ever imagine being called together 
to do a great work for the glory of God. People that were begging on the streets, people that were stealing uh, to, to, to be able to live, people on trucks, people that, that were even uh, nearing taking their life because they didn't think that they were worthwhile. And I'm reminded that our God is doing an incredible work through a bunch of unlikely people. He did it with the disciples in the beginning. He's doing it in San Pedro Sula, Honduras, and he desires to do it in this community. He takes broken pieces. He makes masterpieces. And he says that we are, in Ephesians 2.10, his workmanship, his poema, his masterpiece, created for good works that he has prepared beforehand, right, that, that we might walk in them. And God desires, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, God desires to use you on mission for the glory of his name. And the question is, are you willing to go? Are you willing to share? We're either missionaries, or as I believe it was Spurgeon said, we're imposters. Will you live sent as you go today? Will you believe that when your car breaks down and you walk into the, the place to get it worked on, that instead of whining about what's going on in there, to say, God, maybe you've sovereignly placed me in here with somebody that needs to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Will you take difficult moments and allow them to be used for the glory of his name? Will you take triumphs and say, this is a platform where I can glorify him? I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to worship uh, we want to glorify God as we sing and thank him for the work that he is doing. If you are uh, here this morning and maybe, uh, maybe, maybe Carla's story has resonated with you. Maybe you relate to it this morning and you've thought, you know what? There's no way God could use me. Could God really love me? If you ever wonder about the love of God for your life. Don't look at the circumstances that you are in in this moment, but you look to the cross of Calvary and you will see that he has demonstrated his great love for us and that while we were yet sinners, that Christ died for us. And if you'll turn from your sin and trust in him, you'll receive life.